Welcome in to the Heartland Pod, the flyover view version for Fridays. You've got myself, Adam Summer, and Rachel Parker. Rachel, how you doing? Thanks for joining me for a Thursday evening Friday show. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm good. Um, can I pop culture for a second? Yeah. Okay, really quickly, because I just watched the season finale. A lot of people during the pandemic discovered a show called Warrior. It's on Max. Okay. And the first two seasons were a Cinemax show, so of course no one watched it, because who watches Cinemax, right? Right, right. Um, and it's a show that's based on the writings of Bruce Lee. Okay. So he wanted to do a show about Chinatown during the gold rush in San Francisco. Wow. Like a historic drama. Not surprisingly, studios in America were so racist. They were like, wouldn't even cast him in his own TV show where he would have played himself. Right. Sure. Yeah. They basically took his writings and turned it into two seasons of television that everybody watched during the pandemic. Cause it was on HBO max. Right. 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 And so they did season three where they kind of, it was a little Skinamaxy because I think like that just goes with the vibe of Cinemax. They have to just have like boobies and stuff. Sure. So they kind of cleaned that element. But the martial arts and the acting and everything was always just top notch. Like, really, if, like, if you like martial arts movies, you'll recognize some of the people in it. What a lush, extraordinary, badass show it is. In season three, if you like the show, it's so All right. phenomenal. It's Warrior. so phenomenal. Warrior, HBO Max. Pop culture pick. Awesome. Pop culture pick. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Just a reminder to folks that we're, we're going to get into some stories here. And uh, if you don't follow us on social media, check it out at the Heartland Pod. We're pretty much everywhere with that uh, at the Heartland Pod or go to heartlandpod.com to learn more about us and becoming a Patreon member if you'd like to support what we do. Uh, all right. Our first story, the first topic out of Kansas, it's uh, a, a really just horrific, tragic story um we have touched on it already but we now have more information everybody i i think folks are pretty much following this but we've sort of tried to cobble together you know there's all these different threads about this story uh, it's so really I think, strange too it is very strange it is so rachel you've really been following this and you, you kind of put all this together so you want to kick us off with you know sure. what, what's catching you about the story so yeah so what we're talking about is um a a, a newspaper in uh, Marion County, Kansas, which is uh, just out like an hour, I think, believe it's like an hour north of Wichita. Um, it's called the Marion County Record. The paper is 120 years old and they were raided by the local police department. Right. They were served with a warrant instead of a subpoena and everybody at the newspaper was shocked because the reason that they were criminally served basically like you know served a, a, a war a search warrant right was because there was a criminal case pending against them for some kind of like uh online fraud like right. um identity theft basically was the was the was the like was the allegation an allegation yeah and so the search was shocking and violent and they searched and seized all of the electronic devices, everything from their offices, and they searched the home of the publisher. Right. Who lived with his elderly mother who had run the I paper. Think. 98. 98. Um, so she was, this was, so her son, the publisher himself, is a story journalist taught at the universe, taught uh, journalism for 20 years at the University of uh, Illinois. And, um, so she dropped dead while she was like, yeah, like pointing yeah. at people saying like, this is terrible. This is like 
This is like Hitler's Germany. And then she just died. So the national media has taken attention of this in a way um, that I think is really important. Yes. And we just wanted to hit on it again. That's basically it. Like there's more right. information now and we've got some pretty cool and decisive. Like we've, we've some sort of definitive things in the, the show notes. Right. Um, so since we talked about this, um, the editor of the Kansas reflector. So the Kansas reflector is the equivalent of the, um, Missouri independent in Kansas. Right. And the editor of, uh, Oh, sorry. I just want to say like really quickly, like, uh eric mayer is the name of the publisher and joan mayer is his mother who died during this pretty horrifying raid um and uh so amy goodman interviewed and i'm looking for his name and i can't find it sherman smith is the name i found it amy goodman democracy now democracy now interviews um sherman smith on democracy now about the coverage that the that they've been doing on this like clearly illegal and non-constitutional rate of a newspaper they had. So this is okay. So now we know a little bit more about the why, first of all, a couple things. One, this case was immediately referred to the Kansas Bureau of investigations. I don't know if Missouri has the equivalent. Adam summer does Adam summer. Do, does Missouri have a state police or something? Uh, like that? Well, I mean, Missouri has the, the attorney general's office and then the state police themselves have an, an investigative unit, but this KBI is something that's yeah. pretty, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. It's, it's so, like okay. So there's entity. some kind of, yeah. So there's some kind of there in terms of like, the, it's a state law enforcement organization. The case has been returned to them by the referred to them by the attorney general, right. which I think is bullshit. I think the idea that this newspaper that's what's kind of the story as the stories evolved it's become clear that the newspaper didn't break a single law right so what happened apparently yeah and i'll get um, more into the law part itself yeah and we should also say too that the prosecutor has already withdrawn the charges against the newspaper right prosecutors out of it they're just like oh there wasn't basically the well, the, and, and even more than that, it's not just that they withdrew, said that there weren't going to be any charges. It's that right. they they withdrew their application for the search warrant. Right. They, they is, came they came back and said that essentially they said we were misled. We were told that this information existed. We were told that these things happened that were uh, likely illegal, and we issued this application for search we, warrant based on the information that we were given. This was two parts. This was the Kansas. This was the the the, the prosecutor saying. Um, that uh, you know this was wrong and that it was incorrect. basically oopsie, basically. Like. Yes, but it was also the prosecutor saying I didn't do this to do this. I I issued this because I was misled. I wasn't doing it to go after the paper. I was doing it because I think I was basically led on, duped. Right. So, um, so Chris Kobach has said that he's going to let the Kansas Bureau of Investigations kind of like sort of have the deciding voice in the matter because he's still uh i think in sort of the intersection of all these different as chris Kobach is the attorney general of kansas general, and he's yeah. i think he's a, in an unusual cross-section of, of problems right because he's going to potentially have to represent the state when the state is definitely going to be sued right by the publisher of this newspaper so that's going to happen um so yeah well that's what's okay. interesting because the county would be what gets sued not the state it would be like 
the local entities, but the state right. itself would not be right. sued. But the attorney general could be the one that does it if the Department of Justice doesn't step in. Right, which seems unlikely. So the Biden administration's already commented on this. There is a letter signed by like 20 some odd different news organizations that have yeah. said this is absolute. This is an absolute uh, this is absolutely horrifying. Um, and I think they're right. So to put things in perspective, this is what happened. The and I, I can't believe I didn't write his name down. I'm so sorry. Like the congressman who represents this district. So the U.S. House, the U.S. House member who represents the district was doing basically like a meet and greet and uh at this bar in uh this little this you know really small town in kansas and the owner of the bar is this woman whose name is carrie i'm calling her karen it's carrie um that's her name i forget her last name uh soon to be in a lot of trouble i think is her, her official name so she told the newspaper who she beefed with for some reason because she's super trumpy presumably um because everyone it's it's not you're not you can't you're not you can't be a trumper if you don't hate journalism right, right if right, you don't right, hate the right. news if you don't hate facts so um it's just you know bully tactics dictatorship 101 stuff so she is had the journalist that was covering the event it's, it's important to by the way for people to say like this is a locally owned newspaper in a right. in a very small town. Small independent that, local paper. Right. They they have a staff of like seven people. We talked about this on on Monday. That like yeah. that's kind of a big deal. One of the things that I thought that was really interesting that the um, editor of the Kansas Reflector says in this interview with Amy Goodman is that like we're lucky that this wasn't like a 25 year old fresh out of grad school sitting alone in an office because the owner of the paper is a hedge fund that's thousands of miles away and he doesn't know what to do. So um, this, this paper's already the, the the publisher of the paper has already uh, lawyered up. Um, His lawyer has said, okay, so let me finish what happened. Sorry. I'm all over the place. So the, they were escorted off the premises. Right. Right. The, the, congressman's staff was like oh my god we are we had no idea they were going to do that please 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 accept our apology and the 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 newspaper they i think that by this point these the journalists were back at the newspaper offices and not long after that they got a they got a tip that this woman carrion that's her name it's carrie but she's a karen so we're calling her carrion um that she's not who she says she is so she's using uh, an, a fake driver's license to apply for a liquor license, which, of course, obviously is patently illegal. Yeah. So they started to look into it. And in doing so, they looked up her. They verified her identity using public records, essentially. So that that's supposed to be the criminal charge, right? right. That's supposed right. to be the criminal which, charge. Which isn't coming, isn't happening. It has completely been withdrawn in all ways. Yeah. So she's. they didn't write a story about her. They just. That, that's all they've done is used public records to verify someone's identity as a newspaper kind of journalism 101 stuff honestly honestly come on so they were like this seems shady somebody is trying to she's going through a nasty divorce shocking and she's by the way publishing screeds about the newspaper on facebook right right? these people just these people love nothing more than to leave a trail of their own nonsense right so she's screeding about the how terrible these people are on facebook who still haven't done anything to her they've never run a story and 
the editor of the the publisher and the editor of the newspaper went to the police and they were like look we don't this, this we're out this seems we're gonna give this to you this looks weird we don't want any part of this anymore peace out the next day they were raided or something like that right, right, right. so they were like what did we do like we didn't do anything like we we, we, we clearly haven't done anything um and so now the i'm gonna hazard to guess so the white house brought it up at, a, at, the, at that briefing this was today or yesterday right that um the you know basically they were like everybody's saying like look if there's a criminal involved somewhere like we have to root that out that needs to be done but like this is what uh uh Karine Jean-Pierre said um they raise a lot of concerns and all questions for us the yeah. freedom of the press that is a core value and we think about our democracies so Okay, so the Biden administration has gone on the record to be like, this is like, this shall not stand kind of right. thing. They sort of raised that they, they sort of put their finger to the wind and said, we're going to. Yeah, we've taken guys. note. We don't like yeah, it. We, we yeah, see yeah, a clear First Amendment yeah. violation, but we're going to yeah. step back and allow Kansas to take care of this, assuming that they do. Right. So I want to say that the, the day that the paper, came, so it's a weekly paper. Yeah. Um, and the headline. Uh, on the paper that they put out, um, when was this? Sorry, I'm gonna look at the date because it was either today or yesterday. Uh, today, um, yesterday. Excuse me, Rachel. What day is it? Uh, it just <laughs> recording it just on Thursday says, comes out on recording Friday. Recording on Thursday, so this is Wednesday. Um, it just says seized but not silenced, and yeah. it's a it's a it's them getting back to work in the in the uh, in the office. So, um, I think so when. In the interview that I keep referring to, um, Amy Goodman said, like, how's the town of Marion doing? Like, how do they feel about this? And the editor of the reflector was like, Well, like, it's Kansas. Like, they don't they don't really want to be the center of attention. Yeah. They just want people they're they're very kind of like uh, you know, reserved people. They're very like leave us alone, like kind of modest, like right, right. you know, it's not so it's completely out of the town's character to be in the national spotlight like this. And they are in the national spotlight. Right. Like this, James... this town is like off the highway that runs between Topeka and Wichita, which is not a place like, like, like yeah. there's just a bunch of these little towns. It's like a 1200, 1300 person town. Like it's a very small area. Very, very small. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. So, um, I think that, uh, the, Illinois Press Association, I love this. This is the end of um it's yet this is yet another link that's in our show notes. Um this is from the Kansas City Star. This is what the uh Illinois Press Association, one of just like, you know, the twenty-five or so that weighed in. You and your office should apologize to Mr. Mayor and his staff, the newspaper, and to your community for your egregious actions. Um th- so the Illinois Press Association, one of the many groups to weigh in, wrote the police chief, calling on him to own it, apologize, and resign. So yeah, they were simple. also there was also this also this weird thing that happened where somebody contacted the paper and said that the police chief, when he worked in Kansas City as a captain, had I don't know, did something impropriety, like some kind right. of impropriety, and they could find no evidence of a scandal. So this is another like it's probably there was there were some whispers earlier in the week that this may have been retribution Mm -hmm. because they were looking into the the fact that they investigated it at all. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that's probably true. Right. Because they were like, we couldn't like, nobody would go on the record to talk about the things that he did wrong. 
Um, nobody would give their name. So like there was no, they were not really pursuing a story about this police chief. It, it sounds like there's more than just like, I think f- folks want there to be like, this is why this happened. It sounds well, they- like there's just a lot of little things and like, maybe, yeah, the fact that maybe he knew they were investigating it and maybe that did make him lean one direction. Sure. And then we have a judge who, you know, there's reporting out that the judge that signed the warrant That's- has a history of DUIs. Um, which, yeah. by the way, they always get reported in the paper. Um, so, like, you know, there's just there's a lot of little like drips and drabs of what is kind of unfortunately found in too many of these lower population counties, where you know you've still got at least one or two judges usually, and a prosecutor, and uh, you know a couple of lawyers, and so there's a small group of people that wind up sort of running a lot of everything. Yeah. And if it's a good group, you know, if it's if it's a group of generally ethical people, it's going to be fine and it's going to run well and they're going to do their jobs and folks are going to, you know, be able to avail themselves of the legal system and all that kind of stuff. And it's going to be fine. Um, But if it tips at all, right, if that scale tips and if all the people that are involved start to look the other way a little bit, it's not hard for it to turn into something much different. And, you know, I, I don't, it, that's kind of what it looks like here. I don't, and I'm not saying that I know for sure that this, that's the case, that there's a general undercurrent of corruption or something like that. I'm just saying that's what the appearance to me is that we have a whole lot of folks who were used to not having to say why they're doing what they're doing. Right. And now they got caught, they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar and it turned out they put their hand in a really big cookie jar because it's the first amendment Um, and during the process of that, we have this woman who has died. So you've got, you know, I, I was posting in our Slack, like, this is all very interesting to me, but my mind immediately goes to the, uh, the civil suits on the backside of this, the wrongful death suit, the first amendment suit, the fourth amendment. I mean, there's just, there are some, the 1983 civil rights claim that they could have. There are so many things at play here. Um, and it's, you know, for what, for, uh, to what end? Because, like we talked about the other day, this could have been avoided by simply subpoenaing these people uh, without having to do the, the search warrant. Well, and yeah, they. I think, like you said, though, like there's this there's this arrogance and this comfort level. Yeah. Oh wait, we have to talk about one other thing. Okay, so I think this is really crazy. Arrogance so is a good word. Ju- yeah, just you know. So they. Ob- it seems to me like most of the of this started because of this woman that owned this bar and her drama. Right, right. That there's just a lot of drama. That's what the that's that's what that's. A, I've heard that word going. A lot of small town, like you just said, small town drama is what our friend. Yeah, and anybody who looks at it. these these Facebook yeah. pages, I mean, that's I had to call. I had to comment on a Kansas City Star article about a a, a case because of a a woman who was talking about somebody on Facebook that I was uh, representing in some way. And they had talked on Facebook so much that the freaking Kansas City Star decided to cover this lady's Facebook screed. Like, that's a real thing that happened. Right. A real thing. Right. That's crazy. So it's not really, I think, for anybody who's ever experienced like small town life, not that I have, it's not really a surprise to see how people know each other's shit. They get people get over. So. It sounds like the paper got in the middle of like some kind of a triangle with this woman and her ex-husband and a really right. nasty divorce and all this other stuff. And she, who knows why she has the relationships that she has or who knows. We're going to know though. We're going to find out. We're going to probably um, learn an unfortunate amount. About definitely going to know. We're definitely going to know more about this woman. Cause she probably is by the way, the one who's breaking the law. Um, and, 
Oh, okay. Wait, this is what I want to talk about. So apparently magistrate judges in Kansas, I know this is true in other states, don't actually have to have any experience working as in the legal field. Right. They don't have to be lawyers. And I guess they all get appointed. I don't understand. This is a Kansas thing? Yeah. So this is in the, this is what I I was, as I was listening to um, the interview I keep talking about, uh, he says like this woman, this is kind of the big question too. I think this is sort of the bigger question. Why did this magistrate who's not a judge, who isn't a lawyer, why did she issue a warrant like right. on what grounds she could have been the one to be like, I'm going to swat this off my desk. What are you doing? Instead? She was like, yeah, sure. Go seize, go seize all the personal property of a newspaper and harass them at home. The entire police department did this. They have five, like five uh, police officers, like two deputies or something. They were all there. They were all yeah. involved in the search and all involved in uh, searching yeah. the home of the public. Like, just, just for clarity, the, the I'm looking at the for the Kansas uh, magistrate judge, and I I don't know Kansas law. I don't practice in Kansas, so I'm not going right, right, to sure. to know all of that. Uh, but this is from uh, the Kansas courts website. A magistrate judge has to be a resident of the county at the time of taking office, a graduate of a high school, a secondary school, or the equivalent, and either a lawyer admitted to practice in Kansas or able to pass an examination given by the Supreme Court to become certified with 18 months. So they they do have to have legal training. Um, they do not have to. It doesn't look like they have to actually uh, be straight elected uh it looks like a simple selection process with a retention vote so um so that so that, she's just to I clarify think, that I, yeah and i think thank you and i think just to be to and i'll leave it on this note she should have been the adult in the room to turn to these other people and say this is yeah. this is an absolutely absurd and illegal request and you this is not how this process works if you're if you think that there's well, there, been some violation there, there's on two of spots paper, that should have that should have happened at the prosecutor's office and that should have happened with the judge. It should have happened twice. Right, right. But prosecutors like are the, the last stage, the last step in the chain should be the judge to be like, oh, yeah, there's for not sure. A crime here. The, bucks, the buck certainly stops there. I'm just saying the prosecutor could have very easily said, look, I'm not going to sign an application for a warrant, but I will gladly sign, uh, ask the judge for a subpoena. The prosecutor could have done it right there and just said, warrant's the wrong tool, subpoena's the right tool. We can go down that path. Um, and by the way, if they do that, we're not having any of these conversations. Right, right. Period. I mean, it might it might be a story that I dig up somewhere that we find somewhere to say that like, what wait, you were why did why did you subpoena? But probably not. Probably not. Probably would we really be talking about the Marion County Register if they were subpoenaed to talk about how they managed to acquire the personal details of this weird woman that owns a right. bar in the town? Probably not probably not no probably not um so i encourage people to uh investigate the links in the show notes this week um i think yeah. this story is gonna have uh some air to it for the next few weeks especially it's gonna keep bubbling up because uh let's people, assume... people are gonna get charged there's gonna be charges yeah like they killed like a woman died right That's some, something That's... is going to happen here. and and this is like this is someone they they i feel like they i feel like they messed with the wrong dog the right. the guy who runs this paper his love 
is journalism. His first love, the love of his family. This is a family business. He's a second generation right. newspaper he, owner. Like he was, he was, he was out. By the way, right? He he left a twelve hundred person town and had a twenty year career as a professor in Illinois in a college right. town. And instead and of back. taking that twenty year career yeah. and going and working at a major Nowhere. production, which he could have easily have done, he he could have done nothing. Right, he, like he was he, he, he came was home to help his mom to take over this yeah. family run paper and now yeah. his mom is dead dead because of this warrant so it's just it's and he it's, like it's again baffling. like again like you're right he didn't retire he just after after teaching for 20 years he's like i'm gonna go home and run my newspaper for fun because right. i love journalism that's Crazy. who they're messing with that's who they that's who they're messing with good luck Let's, uh yeah check out the notes and we're gonna move on to uh some quick topics with a little thing what what caught your eye so uh, Rachel, you've got a couple. I've got a couple. Why don't, why don't you do one? I'll do one. And then w- let's alternate here. So what caught my eye is that this was something I thought that was very related to what we're talking about. Um, I've been really concerned about the ongoing prosecution of Julian Assange under the Espionage Act. Julian yeah. Assange is not a spy. Um, Julian Assange worked with a whistleblower to expose basic war crimes from the Bush administration that were terrible. Yeah. And... Um, if you he's not being punished for the things he did to the dnc yeah. okay he was indicted by the trump administration they're the ones that that unsealed the indictment he's been living in essentially a jail for uh since 2019 so uh, tony blinken and um other members of the uh national security apparatus are not bending on removing the indictment i think that there's some face saving going on I, you know, Susan Rice hates Julian Assange. First of all, like this is her, this is her baby. I think suffice it to say, um, not Ms. Rice is not a fan of whistleblowers. She's no fa- fan of whistleblowers uh, at all. However, um, the it, uh, it prosecuting Julian Assange goes against everything the Biden administration is trying to present themselves as. So there's a possibility it that's whispered. This is in the intercept that the that Assange might get a plea deal. Yeah. So he might be able to, and they would recognize the time he's been in, like basically say like he's basically been incarcerated for four years. So we can, you know, not penalize him with a prison sentence. Um, This is under pressure from the Australian government. So um, that's what caught my eye. I think it's, um, it's, it's my hope. Um, I mean, they should just, they should just not, they should just get rid of the indictment. But um, I, I, this is the, the hope is that this will be how this at least he won't have to face tra- like the idea that he would be tried under the espionage act is absurd like no. patently absurd so the first thing that caught my eye there's been uh, an ongoing store story in st charles missouri in st charles county uh the county library had uh somebody called in and complained because they saw a man cross-dressing uh who worked at the library and it sounds like based on the outfit that was recreated the 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 person was probably dressed not appropriately for a workplace environment. Not that it was a man dressed as a woman. I don't, I, I mean, that's part of what their complaint was. But uh, even if it had not been that, the clothing choices were not work appropriate clothing choices. And I can understand a complaint about that in general at a library. Um, but it was used not for that. It wasn't just wardrobe should be professional. It was this man shouldn't be wearing woman's clothing. And it became a very big deal, and it's been an ongoing thing. And the, so the uh, board uh, on this past Monday 
uh, or, I'm sorry, the county council, not the library board, but the actual county council approved a resolution that uh, essentially is a finger wag uh, at the library and also wants to literally limit the employees' online political speech. And they want the library to adopt a rule that says uh, that if you work for the library, you're not allowed to be part of anything political online. Um, the, the reason that the county council can't make this rule is because the uh, public libraries in Missouri all have boards. They have a, their own board that sets their policies. And then uh, they have a director that does hiring and takes care of books and stuff like that. Uh, selection. Uh, the county council has no power to direct the actual policies. So this is a resolution. A resolution is not binding. Uh, and the what really, really caught my eye in this is a, a resident who spoke said that this is part of a, quote, battle and said, I use, it used to be that these battles were fought on the battlefield, but now they're fought with you guys. This is just the beginning of many issues that are going to come up. So this, you know, weird comparison culture, to, culture to a battle. War. I mean, it's culture just war. It's a war, yeah, Adam. It's a war. Soft. It's a war for wannabe it's civil a, war because a guy wore women's clothes well it's it's the it's the it's the war for our souls right, right. Isn't that the souls of our our actual souls the souls of the nation yeah. are obviously damaged um when when uh by based on clothing 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 choices will yeah. definitely ruin your soul i've what, i've read that many times what's your second one my second one was just a really great op-ed that I liked that James Risen wrote about the Marion County record raid that I found particularly moving. Okay. Um, yeah. That link I it, link is in the show it. notes. It is. It is. And I think, so that's my, that's my theme this week is do not, do not ever underestimate how important it is for us to protect the free press. Yeah. And I've, you know, hopefully Moments like this, if, if we see one of the things that I was really looking for in the Biden administration was how is he going to deal with this Assange indictment and what's going right, to happen right. with with the press in the future, because the Obama administration was so harsh on whistleblowers. Yeah. And my hope is that this is so brazen and the uh, just the sensorial nation, sensorial, sensorious, sensorial. Which one is it? Outrageous. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll climate, accept for our accompanist. Okay, thank you. Is th like it's it's th the environment that we're in right now is so tension leaning filled. towards well, just leaning towards an, an an environment of utter and complete censorship. Right, right. Um, and uh, you know, so I don't. That's yeah. that was my theme. That was my theme this week. Uh, the last one for today: uh, the Supreme Court of the State of Missouri uh, ruled six to nothing, the unanimous decision uh, to tell uh, a. Attorney General Eric Schmidt, he was wrong to tell State Senator uh, Ben Brown from Washington, Missouri, that he also uh, loses. There was a case from Ben Brown as a plaintiff, and basically they were challenging uh, counties' uh, health orders, county health rules, the ability for county governments to defend their own rules. Uh, there was a lower court ruling that said that the counties didn't have this power. The attorney general's office at the time run by uh, Eric Schmidt uh, declined to defend the counties, declined to uh, assert their rights. And uh, it has bubbled up to this Missouri Supreme Court who six to nothing said Eric Schmidt uh, was incorrect. Uh, it, this is not about whether the regulations themselves were or weren't valid or able to be upheld, just that the counties had the right 
to attempt to, that they do in fact have the power to make regulations and therefore do in fact have the power to defend those regulations. This so, was just all his stupid mask mandate war Yeah, stuff, it was right? all COVID stuff. It all came up during COVID. And a lot, you know, it was the first time people realized that counties have county boards of health and that the county boards of health are elected and that you can be a part of it and that they make rules and that they have power. And nobody knew any of this. And then suddenly everybody knew it and then everybody was mad about it. Um, and so a lot of these county boards got pushed into corners and had, you know, if you're in a, a, a meeting room that usually has nobody and it's a small meeting room and suddenly 10, 15 people show up to yell at you, guess what? You're probably going to change your opinion on some stuff because you're going to feel like you're being pushed and, and you're going to start to feel like everybody's saying it. No, it's just these 10 or 15 people, but they're loud and they're in your face and they're very aggressive. Uh, and it's out of the ordinary. So it pushed a lot of these small uh, governmental entities into a corner and uh, they tried to fight out of it and the attorney general wouldn't help them. And the Supreme Court said Eric Schmidt was wrong and he should have helped. So that's that's what finally caught my eye. That's what we've got for you for this Friday. We're out of time. Rachel, thanks for joining me for this Thursday evening. And uh, yeah, have a great weekend. I'll see you in a little bit. You will. Heartland Pod is a production of MidMap Media LLC. Producers Adam Summer, Rachel Parker, and Sean Diller. Outro song by American Aquarium, written by BJ Barnum, called The World is on Fire. Learn more about the Heartland Pod at heartlandpod.com. Learn more about American Aquarium at americanaquarium.com. That's when I saw a tear fall from her eyes She said, what are we gonna do? What's this world coming to? For the first time in my whole life I stood there speechless
Can't give in. We just can't. 